T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. All right, and welcome back to Sports Daily, and we welcome in Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, as always here, as we get ready for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, This is going to be a great year in Kansas City, Uh, maybe two different times, Brian, but we've, we've looked at this thing. Tommy and I, I, we've got five teams. We agree on this. We think there are five teams in the Big 12 that are that are Final Four good this year. You you with us on that, or is that a little too? Uh, is that a little too much? Is that enough? So that's including everybody in the top tier except Iowa State. Is that right? Correct. Yep. I, I agree. And, and yet Iowa State wins in Waco on Saturday. Right. You know, total head scratcher. <laughs> some of the personnel stuff they've had going on with grill and all that. So wild to see that. And, uh, and yeah, I completely agree. I think that TCU is athletic enough with, you know, a, a take the game over type player like Mike miles, but also just elite athleticism one through five that they could make a run where you win four games and go to Houston. I think that the, all the other teams above them are projected two seeds or higher Texas, Baylor, K-State, or Kansas. So, of course, they could all make a run. So, now that we've said that, that's all good and well, but you need at least one of those five to actually make the Final Four. And realistically, if we're going to say we're the big bad boys of the Big 12 that are the toughest league in all the land, I, I don't think it's asking too much to have two of those teams make it. And I recognize we don't have two teams in the top four of the polls right now, but that doesn't mean anything. We beat up on each other enough that you can't have that. But what we do have is a strength of schedule that's second to none. And if that strength of schedule does what it's supposed to do and makes you battle-tested against all styles and all calibers of teams and defenses and all that, then you should be able to navigate two teams through the bracket. Now, obviously, anything can happen. Matchups are king when it comes to Selection Sunday and the road you're dealt and that kind of thing. But if we truly want to back it up and say the Big 12 was the best, then in my mind, you got to get three to the Elite Eight and two to the Final Four. And that may sound like I'm asking for too much, but we've been, you know, we, we, we've been blasting the, the sound on loud all season long about how good our league is. And national pundits that used to be so ACC and East Coast media biased and trenched, they've actually come on board with it. And, and so now it's time to go back that up, and hopefully the Big 12 will. We're not cheering for each other yet. But starting on Sunday, we will be. And, and I'd love to see this league respond with the type of postseason that backs up and validates an unreal regular season, the best we've seen in 27 years of this league's existence. Brian, before we move on and, and talk about the, the Big 12 tournament, I want to go back to 
Saturday in Austin. You know, it's it's the regular season finale. Uh, KU already wrapped up the Big 12 championship by the time that game rolled around. What kind of takeaways can we have from that loss at Texas? Of course, we know what the Longhorns have done this season under Rodney Terry and, you know, that them trying to battle for their best seeding in the NCAA tournament potentially. So what kind of takeaways do you think we can gain from the, the Jayhawks loss on Saturday? Um, I'm going to give you a couple. One, their arena is amazing, and it's going to be a great recruiting tool in already a recruiting hotbed in the talent-rich state of Texas. Just state-of-the-art everything. It's fabulous. Specific to the game, which is where you're really coming from with your question, I think there's two takeaways. One, you can't underestimate even the smallest of psychological dial it back, take the pedal off the metal, scale it down a bit. Yes, Bill Self played the guys their normal minutes. And, yes, he preached how important this game still is for the number one overall national seed. But you can't undersell the fact that on some level, deep in their psyche, they knew they didn't have to have it for the goal that they'd been breaking huddle with for the last five months. And by that I mean when they're all huddled up at the end of practice or shoot around or whatever, they put their hands in and they say on three Big 12 champs. And, and that had been sewn up. And so even though they'd all say, oh, we were going for it on some level psychologically, but there had to be a little bit of a dial it down. And the, the takeaway from there is Texas is good enough, and those other four teams we referenced in your Big 12 top five are all good enough that even the slightest bits of an exhale can get you beat if you're up against one of those other four teams. And I would toss a couple more teams like Iowa State and Oklahoma State in there that if, if we play just a little bit, put off the gas against either of them, we could lose as well. And so, uh, and heck, maybe West Virginia on uh, Thursday, if that's the game on Thursday, we'll see if they beat Tech tonight. But the point is, I, I think subconsciously, psychologically, there was a little bit of a step back. Final takeaway, Tommy, is, yeah, you know, Kansas, as good as they are, and as amazing as their resume is with a 15-6 and six record against Quadrant 1 teams, if we don't bring it, this team could go from being a national title contender to out in round two in Des Moines. And I don't think that's going to happen, but for the first time since Ames, Iowa, when it was the Jalen Wilson show and everybody else was just kind of, I don't know, they weren't standing around in Austin, but they clearly weren't on their game. I mean, DeWan missed nine shots in a row. That's very undewan like, because usually if he's missing five in a row, he's not shooting the six. He was still trying, which is good. But he was really off, and, and we saw Grady held in check until very late in the game. And so the point is our margin for error is not huge with this team. It's not a deep team either where you can just bring in reserves off the bench if the starters aren't cutting it. I would argue this is KU's least deep team Bill Self's ever had rivaling 2012 in that debate. But if we're dialed in, we could be as good as anybody in America. But the big takeaway is if, if we're just a little bit off, the season could end very quickly. And so hopefully, you know, you do what last year's team did. And Bill Self has said that this week, and so is Jalen Wilson. Last year's team bought in so hard defensively that, you know, the, the goal became make other teams look and play bad. If the shots come, they come. But we're going to start by getting stops and then see where that takes us. And that that's the type of mentality that doesn't lead to artistic, pretty basketball, but it leads to surviving and advancing if you're exceptionally good on that end. And Kansas is going to have to be. Uh, and that's, you know, easier said than done when you don't have a true center protecting the rim. 
But if the defensive buy-in is as good on the perimeter as we think it can be with McCuller, who's up for National Defensive Player of the Year, and Dewan, who won it in the Big 12 over Kevin, this has a chance to be a very good defensive team that advances very far. And the last thing I'll say is Jalen told me on, on Monday's Hawk Talk that last year, after the two losses in Waco and Fort Worth back-to-back, they became more selfless than they had at any point in the season. They truly united better than they ever had where – they were just happy to get the best bucket for whoever was in position for the highest percentage shot. And it, there was no hero ball. There was no individual agenda. It was just total unity, greater good of the whole, all that. And, and he feels like this team, after a splash of cold water in the face on Saturday in Austin, is ready to buy into the same. I don't think they needed that necessarily. I think they were already trending that way. But, but those are a couple of things that are very important if you're going to overcome the fact that this is not a deep team and they're super talented one through five, but not the most talented team by any stretch that he's had here, which makes the coaching job all the more impressive. So those are some of my thoughts leading it. Uh, I still think this team, if they get to Saturday, regardless of what happens on Saturday, if they tack on two more quad one wins, this should be the number one overall national seed. Seth Davis says that. Nick Vitale says that. Joe Lenardi says that. And that's currently what you can't afford, I don't think, guys, is losing on Thursday and having back-to-back losses heading into Selection Sunday when one of them was a loss where he looked pretty poor. That's the thing I think they can ill afford. But otherwise, you're in a great spot still. And uh, now let's go take advantage of that because, as Jalen said, nothing would be sweeter than cutting down nets to go to the Final Four in front of your home fans in Kansas City, in the Kansas City Regional. So that's what this current trip to Kansas City is for, the chance to lock up that region, and hopefully all that comes to fruition. Talking to Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks here. Brian, I'm curious, in this Big 12 tournament, uh, maybe not even you know brackets aside or whatever, what team scares you as a Jayhawk fan, as a Jayhawk, you know, uh, the voice of the Jayhawks? Which team scares you the most? out of the big 12 well i didn't want to see baylor fall to the fourth seed i didn't want to have to face them unless it was saturday because i just think they have so much firepower offensively and they're the type of team that can as we've seen when they were up 17 in allen Fieldhouse uh and a double digit lead in waco too they can pour it on you in a hurry and suddenly you're trying to climb out of a hole and yes this kansas club has climbed out of some holes before but we're a much better play-from-out-in-front type team. I think Baylor has the firepower to bury you early. Texas certainly does, too. We just lost by double digits to Texas, but I think they're a little more sporadic in, in, in that regard, um, unless Marcus Carr is going off or something like that. So, And really, if you look at Saturday, we did a pretty good job on Carr and Allen. It was the other guys that got to us. But you know, you're not going to have to see Texas unless you get to the championship game. They're on the other side of the bracket. Um, I don't want to make bulletin board material and say I would have rather seen K-State in a, a potential Friday matchup. But, you know, those three teams that were all tied for second heading into Saturday, uh, I, I think Baylor scares me a little bit more than K-State would have as a semifinal opponent. You get to Saturday, and if it's KU-K-State on Saturday, that one scares you a ton because the building's going to be half and half and K-State's going to be playing like it's their Super Bowl. So I think depending on when you play, it may scare you even more. But uh, to me, that, that Friday matchup with Baylor is dicey. And if you win Thursday but lose Friday and go out before Saturday, I think you're probably expecting to be sent to New York or Vegas or Louisville and not Kansas City 
because at that point, you probably have a five-loss differential between Kansas and Houston. And the quad one win argument is something that's very strong and very important. But when you're talking about five-loss differential, two by Houston, seven by Kansas, and they didn't have the seventh come in the title game of the toughest conference, that's where I think it's a nervous selection Sunday. So uh, I'm not looking past West Virginia Tech at all. That, that could be a scary one on Thursday. But assuming the higher seed prevails, the fact that Baylor with Cryer and Flagler and the freshman of the year, Keontae George, a team that could absolutely go to the Final Four, the fact that they're waiting for you in a semifinal game, that'll feel like a title game a day early. And that, to me, is your scariest matchup. Brian, thinking back to the national championship run a year ago, uh, we know how important Remy Martin was during that stretch for Kansas. And then, of course, in the title game, what David McCormick did uh, against North Carolina. This year, as we get into March and making a tournament run for the Jayhawks, who needs to be this season's Remy Martin and or David McCormick to be the most important player for the Jayhawks to be the best version of themselves? Great question. I wish I had a, a great answer, but there isn't a Remy Martin on this year's team. And, uh, you know, we saw Joe Yesifu in spurts come in and, and have the big 14-point game versus Texas in Lawrence. And, and that was on the heels of, of him kind of being challenged, the whole team really being challenged after the loss at Iowa State. And, and you hoped that down the stretch he would emerge, not as a Remy Martin sixth man, because let's be clear, Remy Martin was a 2,000-point career scorer and first-team All-Pac-12 and all of that. He was the best sixth man in the country last year. But to be real with you, you don't have that coming off the bench this year. Honestly, the guy that could change the game the most off the bench, if, if Self will give him extended run in certain matchups that call for it, is Ernest Uday. And that doesn't mean he's going to come in and score 15 points or anything, but he gets so many deflections with that 7-4 wingspan. He provides legitimate back line of the defense rim protection and I don't know if you've noticed he hasn't missed a shot since December or late November I care what it was it goes back to the Texas Southern game you can look it up on, on the, the schedule in front of you uh, and again he's dunking all the time so it's not like he would miss a dunk but point is he's been really good on a team that doesn't have a bench anywhere close to what we thought it would be because MJ never really developed with all of his injuries and, and uh, illnesses and setbacks that kept him from entering the self-circle of trust. So to answer your question, Tommy, it's tough to say. Now you asked who's the guy that really has to, to be most important. To me, that, that is an easy answer. It's DeWan Harris. Jalen Wilson was the Big 12 player of the year and the most outstanding player in the Big 12 because he had a historically great scoring stretch of four games or five games early in league play. But the guy that was our MVP in our seven-game win streak that vaulted us to the league title was DeJuan Harris on both ends of the floor. League coaches called him Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. You look at the assist turnover ratios off the charts. It's laughable that he's not on the Bob Cousy top five list because this guy, in my opinion, is the best point guard in our conference, which is the best conference in America. So he should at least be in top five consideration nationally at his position. He's most important. But we don't have a true back-to-the-basket big man you can throw it into to get the shots that David got you. And we don't have a Remy Martin catalyst off the bench at all with this year's team. So to find perfect comparisons to those two, you're just not going to do it, and I'm not going to fabricate it. But I'll tell you, the guy that we will go as far as he takes us, believe it or not, is not Jalen Wilson. It's DeWan Harris. He's that important 
And and look at how we performed on Saturday when he missed nine in a row and was two of 11, two of 12, whatever it was, um, versus the guy that we saw much more efficient, much more in control the previous seven games when we were absolutely playing like a national title contending team. It's interesting because I certainly agree. And it's also, it feels like the position of greatest depth for KU with Yesifu and Pettiford there. But how strange is that, right? Because if, you're, if your best bench player is coming off, back up your best player that you always need on the floor all the time, right? Like it's, it's this weird thing for KU. And, and maybe those guys can help in other places. But yeah, I mean, Dwan Harris, it just the proof is in the pudding all year long. He's got to be good, even if they've got good players behind him. No doubt. And and they have good players behind him. They don't have great players behind him. And with DeWan, I mean, we've talked about the Stour, 22-0, and 0, and he scores in double figures, you know. And right. he's, he's the guy that, that makes everybody else so good with his distribution. He gets all these live ball turnovers that make us a great transition offense team. I mean, he had six steals in the West Virginia game when we took that game over and flipped it. It was all him. He took the game over. And, and there's nobody that controls both ends of the floor as much as he does. Kevin certainly uh, controls a lot on each end, but he's not the distributor offensively that Juan is. And, and he honestly doesn't score off the bounce like Juan can. So he's the straw that stirs the drink. He's most important. And by the way, I don't mean for that commentary on our lack of depth or the lack of bench options compared to last year to sound doom and gloom. I just told you, 2012 was a season where we went all the way to the title game, and Elijah Johnson would tell you that if it was a a 42-minute game instead of 40 against Anthony Davis in Kentucky, they would have come all the way back and won the thing. So you can win it with not a lot of depth, especially with the longer TV timeouts. Fatigue isn't much of an issue but foul trouble can be, and guys going into funks can be if you don't have firepower off the bench. I think Joe Yesifu at some point in the tournament, and that includes this week in Kansas City, at some point in the postseason will come in and hit a couple of big shots that might help propel us. But we don't have, to be clear, we don't have a Remy Martin like we had last year, which puts a greater onus on those five starters. But you could argue the strength of these five starters and the way their very unique skill sets complement each other in very different ways makes us just as potent as last year's starting five if not more so but you don't have coming off the bench what you had last year so that means everybody on through five's got to be that much better and I think they can be but but the margin for error as we said throughout certainly is razor thin so you got to bring it and, and Saturday was definitely proof of that All right, Brian. Well, we've got game one. We'll see who we play later tonight, but we know it will be at 2 o'clock on Thursday. Uh, You'll hear it right here on KFH, as always, as we've got the Jayhawk Radio Network here. And, you know, you don't have to travel too far for this one, thankfully, to get to the the Big 12 tournament. Who knows? Maybe we'll be right back there in Kansas City uh, for a Sweet 16 appearance in, in a few weeks here. No doubt. that That's what we're playing for, obviously, is, is the chance to, you know, have a 15,000 fan turnout for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, you wouldn't completely take the building over, but you'd probably have 15 and a 19 if, if Kansas was, you know, the, the host, so to speak, of, of that region. We'll, we'll point out, though, that when they were in the same spot in 2017. Unless Kansas State gets there, too. True. I don't Which, know selfishly, we're all hoping for. 
I don't know if they put him in the same region. Obviously, if they did, they couldn't play until the Elite Eight, but that would be crazy if they did. Uh, Kise would have to do a lot this week to get hooked up like yeah. that, though. I don't think yeah. they're toward the They'd top. They'd have to win it, I think. Line. Yeah, but my point is, in 2017, we looked dominating versus Purdue in the Sweet 16 and then absolutely ran into a more athletic uh, and, and hotter team in Oregon, and it didn't matter that we were, quote-unquote, at home. So sometimes uh, it's more of an advantage than you think, but we'd love that. Jalen Wilson said this week to, to cut down nets in Kansas City, to go to the Final Four would be the ultimate dream for him. Uh, and, and we pointed out that only the 0203 teams have ever been to back-to-back Final Fours. And, yeah, we've had back-to-back national titles, but that was a Helms Foundation that was awarded after the fact. So this is, this is what's at stake for Jalen and Dewan and their legacies. I mean, no Kansas team has ever won back-to-back national titles. They would have potentially back-to-back Final Fours if they got there, with one of them being a national title, which 0203 certainly didn't do. So they have a chance not only to do something very special you know, within their individual careers, but to do something historic at a program that is the winningest of all time, but hasn't done certain things back to back. And and that I think is something that motivates these guys as well. So we want the easiest path possible when it comes to matchup and location. And I think if you have a really good week this week in Kansas city, it could be a place you visit in a couple of weeks as well. But you know what? That also, you know, is, is assuming you make it out of Des Moines and we're not going to count any chickens before they hatch with that too. Cause when I look at bracketology and I see some of the eight, nine matchups you could get, including Missouri and Arkansas and some of these teams, uh, it, it's going to be a dogfight in Des Moines, too. So let's not just assume you make it to Kansas City as good as college basketball has been this year. All right, Brian. We'll rest up, rest well, and we will hear from you tomorrow right here on the air. That's right. We'll be sleeping in my mattress hub bed very much this month, unless it's a short month. So I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm missing that purple mattress that I got from the mattress hub because we're out on the road for four straight weeks watching these Jayhawks live up to their optimal potential. But you can get the great night's sleep that I've been getting for the last nine months with this amazing bed. And and maybe it's Tempur-Pedic, maybe it's Sealy, maybe it's a different one that fits you best. But for me, I tried a couple. I went through the great customer service that they offer there and found the perfect night's sleep for me. They'll do the same for you. Check them out. Wichita owned and operated the mattress hub thanks guys appreciate you so much and uh we will talk to you next week from des moines more than likely and uh yeah i think that'll be uh the day before game day in des moines so hit me up i'll give you all the great des moines uh must sees including fong's pizza which greg Gurley says is the best in the midwest uh so yeah we'll have that for you next week on a tournament preview right here on kfh that sounds great there goes brian haney uh, congratulations, by the way, to Scott in Wichita for winning our first four-pack of movie tickets. Um, if you missed anything, by the way, with Brian Haney, go to kfhradio.com. Let's give away another four-pack here real quick as we get into our uh, break going into hour number two. We'll do that for the first caller, Shazam, Fury of the Gods tonight, Boulevard Town West Theater. Four tickets to our first caller, 869-1240. Hour number two of Sports Daily coming right up. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.